Hey y'all, hey, welcome to the Seek Joy Sister podcast where I talk about all things scripture and Jesus. So today we are going to cover the books 2 Timothy and Titus. So go ahead and grab your cup of coffee or whatever you enjoy drinking. Let's pretend like we're sitting right across from each other and let's grow our faith together. Okay, let's start with 2 Timothy verses 3 through 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lover of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiven, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. So here, Paul was referencing the last days in a time when it was like the last days of Jesus' resurrection or after his resurrection. Okay, when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers at the Pentecost. But now, I think that the last days can be considered for the second coming of Christ. I mean, all these things that I just read are things that we are seeing every single day in today's world and to be honest with you it worries me it scares me because i have kids growing up in this world i'm growing up in this world you're growing up in this world we're all in this together and so i think it's so important as christians to stand up boldly for god in our faith and live as Jesus would because we are responsible to help make a change. And while we can't control everybody else, we can control ourselves and we can control the little people that we are raising and we can control what we do and what we don't do. All right, Second Timothy 3. 10 through 12. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, suffering, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lustria, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus will be persecuted. So the commentary for this states that in Lystra, Timothy's hometown, Paul had been stoned and left for dead. And this was only one incident among many. In 2 Corinthians 11, 23-33, Paul summarized his lifetime of suffering for the sake of the gospel. Paul mentioned his suffering here to contrast his experience with that of the pleasure-seeking false teachers. 
In this charge, Paul told Timothy that people who obey God and live for Christ will be persecuted. Don't be surprised when people misunderstand, criticize, and even try to hurt you because of what you believe and how you live. Don't give up. Continue to live as you know you should. God is the only one you need to please. Now, let's read one of my favorite, favorite Bible verses because it talks about the significance of God's word all in like three sentences. So, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I've got three commentaries here that I want to share with you, um, emphasizing on that scripture. The Bible is not a collection of stories, fables, myths, or merely human ideas about God. It is not a human book. Through the Holy Spirit, God revealed his person and plan to certain believers who wrote down his message for his people. This process is known as inspiration. The writers wrote from their own personal, historical, and cultural contexts. Although they used their own minds, talents, language, and style, they wrote what God wanted them to write. Scripture is completely trustworthy because God was in control of its writing. Its words are entirely authoritative for our faith and lives. The Bible is God breathed. Read it and use it. It's teachings to guide your conduct. The whole Bible is God's inspired word. Because it is inspired and trustworthy, we should read it and apply it to our lives. The Bible is our standard for testing everything else that claims to be true. It is our safeguard against false teaching and our source of guidance for how we should live. It is our only source of knowledge about how we can be saved. God wants to show you what is true and equip you to live for Him. How much time do you spend in God's Word? Read it regularly to discover God's truth and to become confident in your life and faith. Develop a plan for reading the whole Bible, not just the familiar passages. In our zeal for the truth of Scripture, we must never forget its purpose to equip us to do good. We should not study God's Word simply to increase our knowledge or to prepare us to win arguments. We should study the Bible so that we will know how to do Christ's work in the world. Our knowledge of God's Word is not useful unless it strengthens our faith and leads us to do good. I once heard in the History Channel that 
God's word is the foundation of our government and the blueprint to our laws. And that the Bible, when you really get the time to read it and get to know it, you will realize that it teaches you not only how to live a holy life, but it teaches you how to love, how to forgive, how to struggle, how to overcome, how to parent, how to be a friend, all the things. You know, I've heard it so many times that there is no instruction manual to parenting and to marriage and to just how to live. You know, I've been guilty of saying that. And while that is accurate because we are all a unique individual, we all have our own story, our own circumstance. And so while it may be different for everybody, the Bible is not different for everybody. It is the same. It is the truth. And if we follow it, and if we listen to what it is saying, we draw closer to God and we become more like Him. I'm going to be very honest with you all. It was not until I took the time to read the Bible that my faith really started growing. I had been a Christian for years. I had attended church every Sunday because I was very adamant on putting my kids to church. I joined a lot of Bible studies. There was weeks where I was very consistent on going Wednesday nights. And I'm not saying that I never opened the Bible because I did. I would open it on Sunday mornings and take notes. I would open it when I was doing Bible studies. But it was not until I really made the decision to dive in deep and read the entire Bible that I started seeing His Word through a different lens. Reading God's Word from cover to cover changed my entire life. It changed the course that I was going into. Because you see, I dedicated my life. I dedicated that season to my Bible. I clung to it like my life depended on it. Because I was in such a dark season. I was going through marriage problems. And I was, you know, questioning all of the decisions I made. It was almost like I was having a midlife crisis in my early 30s. Um, I just, I was just not in a good headspace. And I remember taking my kids to school one morning. Now, mind you, I had been thinking about reading through the entire Bible prior to that, but I could just never find the time. I always made excuses. I could never get into it the way that I thought I needed to get into it. And it was not until that morning, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I dropped my kids off. And I remember walking in and I remember just thinking, like, okay, Rosa, 
open your Bible and just see if you can find find a verse that relates to what you're going through. Um, I don't really remember if I had read something the day before or that week or heard something to push me towards that direction. But, you know, looking back, it could have very well been God. Like, you know, I think it was God because he knew what I needed in my life. And so I opened my Bible and I try to do that, you know, put my thumb in a certain area of the Bible and pray real quick for God to reveal his truth to me and to let me open the Bible to something that's going to help me. And, you know, almost like using it like a magic, magical cure. And let me tell y'all, I didn't open to anything like astonishing, you know, I didn't open to anything that I thought I wanted to or needed to hear at that very moment. But I will tell you what happened. God met me right there at that page that I opened to. And in that moment, I had that revelation of you need to quit looking at my word for you and start looking at it for me. And in that moment is when I finally made the decision. It was like the aha moment. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was so vivid. And those words were so true. And they hit me. They hit me hard because it was not only a revelation, but it was a conviction. I had gone to the Bible all those times, not for him, but because I was either doing a Bible study and I felt like I needed to open it, or I was trying to take notes on the Sunday morning, or I was trying to find something that would selfishly speak to me, as opposed to looking at it as something that would help me draw closer to God. And so that morning in 2019, I started reading my entire Bible. I started in Genesis. And in that season, it took me seven months to read through the entire Bible. But that is exactly what I did. I just read. I read like my life depended on it. I clung to it. And I only highlighted verses that stuck out to me. I didn't spend the time taking a lot of notes or reading commentaries or studying. Like I just read. Every now and again, I would write it on a sticky note. Um, But I just read. And it took me seven months. And that was the best thing that I could have ever done for my spiritual walk with God. It changed me. And I believe that it can change you too. There's so much power in God's word. It says that all scripture is God breathed. When you are reading, it's like you are hearing from God. You are talking to God. And if you continue to seek Him through your reading and continue to pray for the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and to open your ears to what He is saying to you and what He wants to show you, God will speak to you through His words. He will reveal things to you in a way that He may not reveal it to anyone else. 
Because when we're reading his word, God will tell us things that we need to hear in that very moment for who we are in that moment and for what we are walking through in that season. Okay. All right. Now, let's talk scripture. I get on fire, y'all, when we start talking about God's word because it is just so, so good for us. It is life-changing. Um, okay, let's talk 2 Timothy um, 4, 16 through 17. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. So this was a personal remark from Paul. And I love how he said, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through him, the message might be fully proclaimed because this is what God called Paul to do. And because God called him to preach the good news, God gave Timothy, not Timothy, Paul, the strength that he needed to endure all the hardships so he could overcome and do what it was that God called him to do. God always gives us the strength to do what he has commanded us to do. Now, there are days where this strength may not appear to be evident. It might, it might not be this huge amount of strength that we feel immediately. But if you continue to be obedient to that calling, and when we decide to step out in faith and actually begin to do the task, that is when we will feel the strength. That is when we will be able to look back and see God's hand all over our situation. Because the reality of it all And the truth that I have learned is that God will meet you where you are as long as you open your heart and mind and soul to him. And when God is calling you to something, it's because he knows that you can do it and he will equip you to fulfill that calling. Now we are going to jump into the book Titus. So let's read Titus verses 2 through 8. You must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-control, and sound in faith and love and in endurance. Likewise, Teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, 
to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled, and everything set them an example by doing what is good, and your teachings show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So while this was the teaching for those, you know, attending church and going to church and teaching them how to live a right life in church, this is for us today too as well. Not just for those who are going to work in the church, but also for all Christians. You know, it says you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. So teach the older men, you know, likewise teach the older women. Similarly, encourage the young men. We all have the abundance and the power and the open door to teach others about God and about his word. And now, while we may not always be confident to talk about scripture, because I know there's so much that goes into scripture, we can be confident in who God is the more that we learn about him. And we can just simply start off by showing them the actions of a Christian, the right way to live, you know, through our lifestyle. Or we can simply just start by sharing our testimony and talk about how good God is. There is always a way to point somebody else to God. So let's talk about the commentaries, the commentaries for those verses. Having people of all ages in the church makes it strong, but it also brings potential for problems. Paul gave Titus counsel on how to help various groups of people. The older people should teach the younger by words and by example. This is how values are passed on from generation to generation. Does your church carry out this basic function? Women who were new Christians were to learn how to have harmony in the home by watching older women who have been Christians for some time. Huh, that's me. I love, 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 love the wisdom of elder women. I could sit down and talk for them for hours and just listen to what they've got to say. Okay, back to the commentary. We have the same need today. Younger wives and mothers should learn to live in a Christian manner, loving their husbands and caring for their children through observing exemplary women of God. If you are of an age or position where people look up to you, make sure that your example is motivating younger believers to live in a way that honors God. This can go for parents too, because our biggest ministry is discipling our children. This advice given to young men was very important. In an ancient Greek society, the role of the husband father was not viewed as a nurturing role, but merely as a functional one. Many young men today have been raised in families where fathers have neglected their responsibilities to their wives and children. 
Husbands and fathers who are good examples of Christian living are important role models for young men who need to see how it is done. When Paul encouraged Titus and through Titus other young men to be serious, he wanted them to be reverent and purposeful. Christianity should never be intentionally boring or gloomy. Don't let the seriousness of the gospel cause you to repel others by your grim disposition. Paul urged Titus to be a good example to those around him so that others might see Titus's good deeds and imitate him. Paul's life would give his words greater impact. Now let's read 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that is his very own, eager to do what is good. The Commentaries The power to live as a Christian comes from the Holy Spirit. Because Christ died and rescued us from sin, we are free from sin's control. God gives us the power and understanding to live according to his will and to do good. Then we will look forward to Christ's wonderful return with eager expectation and hope. It is not, not enough to renounce sin and evil desires. We must also live actively for God to fight against lust. We must say no to temptation. But we must also say yes to active service for Christ. Now we are going to end this episode with reading Titus verses 3, 3 through 7. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. (laughs) I love that. And that is us today. You know, before we get to know God, before we dedicate our lives to Him and make the decision to be saved and to be baptized and to completely surrender, we too, you know, live in the foolish, disobedient 
behavior and lifestyle. I know that I did before I really, really dedicated my entire life to living for Jesus. I was enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures that this world has to offer. But because of the kindness, because of the love of God, our Savior, you know, because of that, we now get to live in His freedom. We now get to live with hope. We now get to live with the peace of knowing that one day we will be with him. I don't know about you guys, but that gives me so much comfort. Even in the days when I feel like the world is just coming after me and I'm tired and I want to give up. I remember God. And I'm overcome by his presence and by his love for me. And I know that when I have God, which is every day, all day, everything's going to be okay because he's walking with me. And there is nobody greater than him. He has overcome all things. All right, friends, that's it. That is it for today's episode. I hope that this episode blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. And I pray that you all have an amazing day today. And I will talk to you guys on Thursday. Bye.